Welcome to the GSM Life Podcast. Here we apply a biblical worldview to topics and issues that are relevant to high school students. We pray that this podcast encourages you to love and glorify God and walk in obedience to Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Welcome back to the GSM Life Podcast and to this special bonus episode. Um, Maybe not that special, but it is a bonus, so maybe that makes it special. I wanted to jump on here and share some more of my thoughts from Colossians 3, 1 through 7, which I taught at GSM Live here in February. So it's just me today. It'll be a shorter episode as well. Uh, but these are simply some extra thoughts and ideas that didn't quite fit into the message or that I didn't have time for in the message, but... Uh, that I still think are helpful and important. So I figured I would record them on here for you all. Uh, I might do more of this in the future. If there are things that uh, I'm thinking about as I write a lesson or a sermon that don't quite fit, I might add them in here or throw them on here on the podcast just as little bonus uh, tidbits. So at GSM Live, I talked about how we are called to seek the things that are above. Truth, goodness, beauty, that's what Paul exhorts the Colossians to do is seek the things that are above. We have to pursue those things and um, chase those things and find those things. And then once we have found those things, once we have sought the things that are above and found them, we must set our minds on those things. We have to meditate on those things and process those things and see how one truth connects to other truths. And we have to think about what those truths mean for how we live, what we do, what we say, etc., etc. And then finally, I talk about how we need to put those things into practice. We should seek. So, so to summarize, we should seek truth. We should then think about truth, and then we should put uh, that into practice or or live based on what is true. So the first thing I wanted to talk about here is an obstacle that prevents us from thinking about and meditating on truth. I think I said it in the message, but I think it's it's actually fairly easy these days to seek truth or at least the sources and our the 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 uh, resources that are out there. There's lots of ways to seek and find truth. That doesn't make it easy and that doesn't mean that people do it, right? Um we tend to be lazy. We tend to want shortcuts and quick answers. Um, so it's not easy, but there's tons of information out there. So it's easy to find information and truth, um, but uh, we are not good about meditating on that truth. Um, so again, we're, we're good at, or it's easy to find information, to find truth, but we're not great at processing information. And this is a, this is a culture-wide problem. This is a, a societal problem. And I'll, I'll put it this way. Modern people know much. They know a lot, but they think very little. We have, uh, we have great knowledge, but very small wisdom. And wisdom is the application or the right application of knowledge. And I think that technology has granted us the power to gather tons of facts, statistics, bits of information, uh, but technology has also stripped us of our power and our ability to process and apply that information, right? So we can scroll social media and be bombarded with interesting little tidbits that, that fascinate us and entertain us, but we don't 
pause. We don't stop to uh, consider and mull over and digest what those bits, what those, what that information means for us, and how one truth again connects to other truths. How one bit connects to other bits uh, of, of information to form systems and chains and models of understanding and viewing the world. We have lots of pieces of information, but we don't know how to link that information together in a coherent, helpful way. Um, Technology, media, entertainment has created a a pattern of thinking and living which reinforces and just intensifies the, the discomfort of hard thinking. We do not like to think hard and sit down and reason through and process information. That's not comfortable for us. And again, technology and entertainment has just reinforced that. The, the mind of the modern man is uneasy at rest. It, it hates to be vacant and empty, so it fills itself with short little videos, pictures, and interesting facts, right? What do you do when you get bored? You, you pull out your phone. You pick up your phone immediately. We, we hate to sit in silence with ourselves, so we fill that with entertainment and, and media. The, the, one of the main problems with this, at least for what we're talking about, is that um, when new information or entertainment or just mental stimulus is absent, when those things are absent, when we're at rest, when we don't have anything in front of our faces, when we're just sitting, our minds are then able to digest, process, link, and apply information. This is the, again, this is the poison of modern entertainment, even education. An individual, someone is presented with information, with facts and knowledge, but they're not told what to do with it. What, what it means for them, how it connects with other areas of his life and thought. We, we, just, we just consume video after video, tweet after tweet, caption after caption, without critically engaging with and thinking about what we are consuming. And I, I do want to say uh, that uh, a lot of this is not your fault. As a young person, as a teenager, this is not necessarily your fault. It's the world you live in. People have spent billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars, uh, to figure out how to feed you information and at the same time make you dumb. <laughs> you can know a lot of information and still be dumb. And, and that's what these corporations want. That's what our government wants. Uh, they want people who just consume things, including information, and at the same time don't know how to think for themselves. And that is how <laughs> that is how modern education works. You all are just told information. You're just given the facts and expected to regurgitate it in homework or on a test. And again, not critically, thoughtfully engage with what you're learning. So um, to, to bring that back around to the point I was making, it may not be your fault that you are that way, but it is your responsibility to break out of it. Okay, I'm telling you now, you now have the information. You have now been told that this is how you are being educated. You now need to take it on yourself to go figure out how to think, how to process, how to learn uh, and and, and think for yourself. And I'll give you a little bit of a start here. Um, Again, technology is uh, both a blessing and a curse. And the blessing is if you know the right stuff to look for, it can be really helpful. So let me, let me encourage you, go look up videos on YouTube about critical thinking. Just, just search on YouTube, uh, how to get better at critical thinking and watch a handful of videos. 
look up videos on YouTube about logical fallacies and fallacious arguments. So just search what are logical fallacies or what are fallacious arguments and watch some videos on that. That's a great place to start with with how to think. Uh, Look up videos on inductive and deductive reasoning and just watch a handful of videos. If you do that, if you spend an hour or two doing that, you will just already begin to realize how uh, how poorly you can actually think. And and this is coming from experience. So I'm not trying to insult anybody. I've been there. I've I've I, I remember coming to this place where I was like, wow, I was never taught how to think, how to engage with information critically. I was just fed information and expected to uh, process it or 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 just regurgitate it and repeat it and not process it. So. Um, do that for yourself. And these things, let me say as well, these things might not seem uh, explicitly, you know, Christian or spiritual, but these are, these are God made, God ordered uh, laws of, of reality and nature and existence. So these are things that God has put into his world. This, these are just design features that are kind of assumed by, by the biblical authors and that, are, that kind of undergird as, as just basic laws, the way we think, the way we reason, the way we engage with uh, the world. So um, another thing you can do, another thing that would be really challenging, that would be really good for you to do is just to sit quietly, find a time sit quietly with nothing around you and just let your mind wander. Don't, don't let it wander to sin. Uh, don't let it wander to things of this world, but let it wander a little bit. Let it think, let your, let your mind go a little bit with no phone, no technology in an empty, quiet room and do this for at least 10 minutes. I would encourage more than that. If you can do a half hour, I think that's more ideal, but even if you just sit and, and don't, do anything for 10 minutes, that will encourage you to start digesting and processing information. Your mind will conjure up thoughts and bring to mind experiences that maybe you've had even that day, and you'll start to process through that or at least ask questions, which is another great place to start. So that's just some advice or some other notes about meditating and thinking that I didn't get to include in the message. And uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about briefly that didn't make it into the sermon uh, are Jonathan Edwards' resolutions. So Jonathan Edwards was a pastor, a theologian, and a writer in New England in the the first half of the 1700s. I don't remember the exact dates, but he lived from like 1700 to 1750 or so. And he is considered the best or the greatest American theologian in, in American history. And there are even some who think he was the greatest mind, the greatest thinker in American history, and and you know Christian or secular. He was a philosopher. He was um, a, a theologian. He even dabbled in the sciences. This is kind of how he was a little bit strange. But I think when he was like twelve or thirteen, he wrote a scientific book on spiders that he observed that he would just observe around his property. So, so that's the, that's the intellect of this man, and uh, a little bit more about Jonathan Edwards. He is most famous at a, at a popular and general level for a sermon he preached titled "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," and he is most famous for that because people usually criticize and attack that sermon. But it's actually a good biblical sermon. It just 
offends our modern sensibilities. And because of that sermon, most people think of Edwards as some mean, angry, bitter man, but it's actually, it's just the opposite. In a lot of ways, it's a, it's a shame that Edwards is most known at a popular level for that one sermon, because that's just one sermon among thousands and thousands of sermons. And he also wrote, you know, numerous books. So it's, it's not quite fair to uh, characterize that man, a man based on one sermon that he preached because it offends us. Um, but, but again, that's not the kind of man that, that Edwards was. People have actually done studies on words that Edwards used, used the most in his writings. They've looked up, they, they've done searches. Now that we have uh, digital resources, you can, they, they searched, they, they looked up what are the words that he most commonly used in his sermons, in his books, in his writings, and those words are sweetness, joy, and happiness. So that's, that, those are actually the things that characterize Edwards' life, his thinking, his writing. Um, that's more the kind of person or the kind of man he was. Anyway, um, Jonathan Edwards was an incredible man and an incredible thinker. And one of the things he is also famous for are his 70 resolutions. So these were 70 statements, 70 commitments that he wrote down when he was fairly young, I think 18 or 19, and they guided the way he lived for the rest of his life. Um, I'll I'll read the introduction, but in in the introduction, he commits to reading over these things at least once a week. And when I, when I read these resolutions, they remind me of what, of what we know or what we would call daily affirmations. You know, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, today is going to be a good day, but these are far more profound and serious and, um, than our mo- what we would call you know, daily affirmations. But that's what it reminds me of. It's things that he would read through weekly that he would, he, would re- he would commit to do and recommit to doing and thinking and striving after. And, and what I want you to see is that these are commitments that Edwards made to himself and to God and that he would meditate on and think about on a regular basis. And that thought process, that meditating, that processing, that, that, um, those, those commitments, those mental uh, commitments shaped the way he then lived. They formed him, right? He sowed those thoughts and he reaped actions from those thoughts. And then those actions led to habits, and those habits led to character, and then he left a legacy uh, of a great man, a great writer um, that we still have today. So this is the induction or introduction that he wrote to his resolutions. It says, Being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help, I do humbly entreat, that just means I ask, I do humbly ask God by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. And then he says, remember to read over these resolutions once a week. So that's the introduction. And I will copy these. I will uh, put a link in the description of this so you can go and you can read these on your own. I think that'd be a great exercise just to see what did this man commit to do. But let me read just a few here to give you a sense of, of the things that he committed himself to. So this is, this is the very first resolution. He says, resolved that I will do whatsoever I think to be most to God's glory and my own good, 
profit, and pleasure in the whole of my duration without any consideration of the time, whether now or never so many myriads ages hence, resolve to do whatever I think to be my duty and most for the good and advantage of mankind in general." resolved to do this whatever difficulties i meet with how many and how great soever <laughs> what a sentence what a commitment what what a resolution and um I'll, I'll read another one that shows this but i want you this ties into the uh episode the podcast we did on emotions where edwards does not see god's will and his own personal happiness at odds with one another he saw, he believed that doing God's will would make him happy. He, he believed that that was how he would attain true happiness is by doing God's will. He says, resolve that I would do whatever I think to be most to God's glory and my own good profit and pleasure. Those things are not ex- mutually exclusive. One does not cancel out the other. Anyway, th- this is resolution number 22. This is, this is really explicit about happiness. Number 22, resolved to endeavor to obtain for myself as much happiness in the other world as I possibly can with all the power, might, vigor, and vehemence, yea, violence I am capable of or can bring myself to exert in any way that can be thought of. That's that's insane. He says, I am willing to go to the extent of violence to obtain as much happiness as I can for myself. And that sounds so strange to us, but it makes sense to Edwards because, again, he sees his happiness as tied, as intimately tied to God's will and God's plan and God's instructions for him. Those things are are tied together. They're the same thing. He believes that by doing God's will, by trusting God, he will be happy. And he's going to fight for that at the level of violence. That This is why I think you guys should read through these. They're amazing. Okay, this is uh, Resolution 37. It says, Resolved to inquire every night as I am going to bed, wherein or where I have been negligent, what sin I have committed, and wherein I have denied myself also at the end of every week, month, and year. So he commits to every night, every week, every month, and every year to think about, to, to look back on his day and ask where he's been negligent, what sins he has committed, and where he has failed in obtaining happiness through God's will. So again, that's the meditating, that's the processing, that's the thinking that he's doing. This is resolution 46. He says, resolved never to allow the least measure of any fretting uneasiness at my father or mother. Resolved to suffer no effects of it so much as in the least alteration of speech or motion of my eye and to be especially careful of it with respect to any of our family. So here he resolves to treat with honor and respect and to not fret with or fret about his parents or his family so so i just want you to see these resolutions covered all areas of life and faith from you know general life goal and mission to time management to relationships to personal character and edwards would read over these at least once a week and these shaped these ideas these thoughts this processing and meditating shaped one of the greatest christian men in american history 
So again, I would encourage you to read through these for yourself and then maybe write down some of your own resolutions or make a plan uh, of your own for reminding yourself of truth and commitments and goals and review that weekly. Again, this is not, this is simple. It's not necessarily easy with with everything, guys. This is just a fact of life. With everything, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some discipline, um, but it's worth it. It is worth making those commitments, processing, doing the work of thinking through things uh, because it's going to shape the way you live. And along with Edwards, I would say it's going to make your life better. It is going to make you happier in the Lord. So that's all I have. I I pray that that was helpful, that that's inspiring, that that causes causes you to seek truth, to meditate on it, and to put it into practice. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next time.